when you travel and I travel, our perspective when we get to the country, our perspective when we leave the country is completely different. And we get to really inform and build our empathy where we can say, hmm, is this right? Does this sound right? And I'm not even talking about anything else, but just being clear and being sensitive to how other people see the word and see, see language. This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets. Hello, and welcome to Writers in Tech, a podcast brought to you by the UX Writing Hub, an online education platform for writers in tech, content strategists, UX writers, content designers, and anything in between. We're here to teach you how to become UX writers, basically, and how to get into this wonderful field. My name is Yuval. I'm the founder of the UX Writing Hub and the host of this show. And today we have a special guest. Today we're going to talk with Marianne Reed, award-winning author, massive experience in writing and creating digital experiences, and she is going to tell us all about it. Marianne, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. I'm super happy to have you, and I know that you have really interesting experience as well. Sorry. I know that you wrote a few books, and that I saw that you have also a lot of like interviews at Forbes, and that you worked in Google. So tell me more about your journey. Yes. Yeah, so I have a really diverse background. My background is in journalism, and I have several novels published by St. Martin's Press. So I come from that journalism magazine publishing background. And then when everything changed, I started to work more as a content strategist. So I went from editor to content strategist. And that's really informed me because my background has helped me really connect with an audience in a way that's unique because I find that my relationship with audiences is much more intimate because of my background. So has content strategist been doing that? And then when UX writing came on the scene, I uh, started to do that as well. It's just a natural fit for someone with my background. And I don't know where it's going to take me, but it's definitely taken me to some of the top brands, top companies in the world. And I'm excited to see where the whole practice goes. This is amazing. And um, I know that you worked at Google and now you work with a company named Boomi, right? Yes. Yes. So what is uh, Boomi exactly? Yeah. So Boomi helps companies integrate their systems with like applications like ServiceNow, Salesforce, using Boomi software. So um, the, the audience is typically other businesses, other stakeholders like IT directors, etc. And so Boomi helps companies save time and money. And who doesn't love doing that? And we do that with our software. I see. Okay. I, I also went through the website and they said that there is like a lot of like integrations with the Boomi software. Are you happy? Do you like to work there? Yes, I am. It's very product heavy, which is what I've been looking for. And my job is really to make the experience more friendly and consistent across the platform by creating content guidelines. So um, that's one of the major parts of my role right now, because I have a lot of experience doing that. 
But yeah, I think it's important because where everything is going now, um, cloud services, et cetera, integration is really where everything is headed. So if I can work for a product that's in that space, that's exciting. I know that you have uh, experience in many different types of writing and uh, you have the analogy between content strategy and UX writing. So can you tell me a little bit more about the way that you see UX writing versus content strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone has their own definition of this. I feel like UX writing is a discipline of content strategy that lives under content design. And for me, it's different. I don't think someone can be a successful UX writer if they're not a content strategist. I do think you can be a content strategist without UX writing, but it will make you a better content strategist if you can do UX writing as well. What is the meatloaf analogy? Oh, the meatloaf analogy. Oh my God. Yeah, I totally forgot I had mentioned that. And I totally <laughs> forgot what the meatloaf analogy is. But okay, I think I can make it work right here. So we, I don't know about you, but I love a good meatloaf, right? Juicy, has all the right ingredients, all that stuff. So content design is like the meat, right? It's like the big thing. And all the different ingredients are content strategy. And UX writing is part of an ingredient. So it could be the tomatoes or the ketchup or the onions or whatever. But content design is that big, the big portion of the recipe. So I feel all of them, like a good meatloaf, come together to create this great piece of work that hopefully other users, other people can enjoy. <laughs> That's my meatloaf analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I just have it in my notes and I, I decided to bring it up. Okay. Nice. I, like yeah. that. I like that. You know, it's like you have a product, the product is... You know, you have content uh, design, which is like the whole thing. And the UX writing is just like some portions of it that makes it as part of the whole. Definitely, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I wanted to ask you about why do you think that UX writing is one of the best and worst jobs to have? Oh, yes. Oh, well... Let's start with the good stuff. So I think it's one of the best jobs because you don't need any coding skills to be a UX writer. If you have it, fine, but you're not going to be using it all the time. So you don't need coding skills. It's also easy to break into if you already have a creative background like writing, journalism, or anything that's writing related. And if you know how to finesse it, even a poet can be a great UX writer. Right. Also... I also think it's good for certain people who like creating and working in brand new roles. I do think um, the worst part of it is that many people don't know what UX writing is. So you tend to work with teams who don't know what you're doing and don't understand UX writing. So you spend a lot of time advocating, which can be draining. And you also spend a lot of time explaining and pushing back and all this stuff, which can be draining. And also another thing about UX writing is that it's also very tedious. And I said that in, on, in one of my roles, and I think some people were offended. And I said, come on, guys, UX writing is really tedious. We go into the weeds, um, brain racking, wrecking. Uh, like we really get into it where it can be a little bit time consuming, too much. 
And we all admit it. Yeah, it is tedious, but in a way that can be exciting for someone. But for some, most people, it may be too tedious. You really need the patience and the vision to see the product from beginning to end to, to really appreciate that. It was a great answer. So like, I think just like you, that UX writing is great profession because you don't have to be techie and you can still do that and work in tech. So many people, you know, that didn't have the opportunity to work in tech or, for example, I tried to be a developer like 15 times before in my life and I, I couldn't learn how to be a developer. I tried really hard because I know like developers make good money. I didn't have like a degree in computer science and I want to work in tech because in Israel there's a lot of tech companies. And I just couldn't do it. And UX in general, I started in UX design, to be honest. And it just uh, gave me a really great start to work in tech with the best minds, the best people. And uh, I think that's definitely what is great with UX and UX writing. So I couldn't agree more about that. Yeah, I agree with you too. Yeah. I also tried to be a developer and definitely found UX writing to be more better. <laughs> it's hard, it's difficult. <laughs> it's like slower too. It's like, oh, it's taking time and so many bugs and nothing mm-hmm. is working. It's so difficult. Yeah, it is. Tell me more about your process for writing a book. Like I know that you published your book like long time ago, but I'm also kind of, I'm taking a course now by this author that is telling you, hey, listen to me. By the end of it, you'll write a book. I'm just curious when I'm meeting with authors these days, like you, I want to know, like, what's the process of writing a book? What's your process for writing a book, basically? It's a different kind of writing. And I think I can relate to a lot of writers here who think that a writer can do any kind of writing. And that's not true. There are writers who can do certain kinds of writing. And that's what it is. So my process for writing my book It's really interesting because when I started writing, it was more fluid. 20 years ago, my brain was different. Um, I can sit down and write 25,000 words in two weeks. It really wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Now I really have to have early morning hours. I have to have a regimen. I don't work off of outlines. I really just work off of what I'm feeling and thinking in the moment. And that's what I do for novels. And that's what I I'm a novelist. So that's how I write. I also take into consideration trends with selling, what people are reading, what people are talking about. And that also informs the type of novels that I write as well. So I also am informed by my own life experiences. So being 20 years later, I have more to write about, more to say. And I look at my characters differently. It does take um, different perspective and points of views to really create your own process, if that makes any sense. Yes, it makes. Like You're a different person 20 years after. You have different writing routines. And the content that you create will be different, obviously. Yes, it will be different. And the process is going to be different. I think what it did help me do is that feeling you get when you finish something. And that's what I love about books, is that you can start it. And when you finish it, wow, it's done. And when it comes to things like UX writing, it's never done. It's always changing and updating and you have to go back and you have to do this. So I feel like everyone needs a little morsel of a book-like 
project in their life. So they feel that they're moving forward and completing and finishing and, and growing. Mm -hmm. You said something about your morning routines and so on. So you said to me something before we, we started a conversation that UX writing is the perfect template for a minimalist life. And you have some methods that you use it in order to focus and temper your daily routines. Could, so you could elaborate a little bit more on that. <laughs> I did say that, didn't I? Um, one thing about being a good UX writer, you have to give yourself structure. It's really important. It's easy to get swept up in the waves of product managers and deadlines and all of that. So UX writing to me can be better or a success for anyone if they give themselves structure. So even the task of writing a workflow um, has a start and an end to it, right? So um, what do I want my day to be like? What do I want the outcomes of my day to look like? And I actually have four different planners for every area of my life. including work, money, fitness, and something else I can't remember. <laughs> and I start my day like I would, oh, let's say, a workflow. What do I want to start with? I have hours before dawn that I'll get up and do what I need to do for me. And then after that, it's more work-related tasks and start winding down to my CTA call to action <laughs> that I like to say is my call to action to really like shut it down. Like, this is the end of my day. This is the end of the work. I'm moving on to something else. And I think that's really important for me. Do I do this every day? No, but I like to make my life as congruent as possible. So if I can bring some of what I do in UX writing every day to my daily life, it makes the job I have a lot easier. Of course. I can't believe I said CTA, but yeah. <laughs> you know, a call to action for your life. In yeah. a way. <laughs> hey, that's a novel. That's a book out there. But Call to action have. for your life. Yes. Let's see who is going to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> How do you see like the future of this field, in your opinion? Like what's next for writers even, not necessarily for UX writers? Wow. I think that... Well, let's start with UX writing because I really feel like every writer has their own you know, niche and what they want to do. I don't know where UX writing is going because I really feel like it's reached a its starting point. Lots of jobs. I still get jobs, interviews, requests every week. And no matter how much I shut off my LinkedIn profile, I tell people I'm okay. I still get people, oh, let's talk. Let's keep in touch. So what I'm saying is, That it's growing, right? But I don't know where it's going because I'm concerned about the stagnation of it and also concerned about its integration with content strategy and content design. Can it really still be its own discipline? I say it can, but it's reliant on very good managers and content designers to really help. grow the practice and manage it properly so that the UX writer has a trajectory also in their field because I see a lot of UX writing jobs that they don't have like a career ladder. So you just start as a UX writer, you may become a senior UX writer and that's pretty much it. And that's fine for a lot of people. But for it to be a real discipline, I think it needs to have a little bit more opportunity and more uh, managerial opportunities as well. 
from good UX writers who take those roles. Because still, it's very important because UX writing is still ambiguous. So you have product managers who don't understand it. You have content designers and content strategists who don't really know everything about it. So something there needs to shift so that it can be part of the full practice of content design. It's really fascinating how much this community changed in the last few years. So when we started, like I'd say, like talking about UX writing, maybe in 2017, so we had similar challenges, you know, making sure that there is a case for UX writing, that it's a thing and so on. But what I really like right now is that right now we're in a point where people understand that they need a UX writer and there is huge demand, as you said, people reach out to you almost every week. We've, we see the same thing on our end. Many people reach out to us asking for people to hire. We send them more students and so on. But we need so much more people in those you know, management positions, directors of content, head of content, directors of UX writing. I see a few of them. I know that uh, this Israeli company right now that is hiring a director of UX writing, but it's not that common yet to have us, the UX writers, in those management positions. And I think it's a really good case to start promoting it, creating more content around, I don't know, like how to recruit a UX writer, how to build your UX writing team, and so on. So I really, really agree with you on that. That was just like a good comment, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm so glad to hear you say that. You know, I heard you say something that really caught me when you said that people need more UX writers. And you also said, well, you said a lot more too. You said about UX management positions, UX writing management um, roles. And I think that's important to have the management roles for UX writing because that's really important to keep UX writers on the team. I think UX writing is one of the most transitional roles you can have. Because people quit them a lot and they move on and stuff because they find more better opportunities. So if companies can really learn how to keep UX writers, and that is by defending the practice, advocating for the practice internally, it's really important. And if we can move away from, I'm not even crazy about the term UX writer because everyone drops the UX. It becomes, you just become a regular writer, right? Some companies, right? So I really think that, and you just end up doing just writing stuff, that that there's management roles like director of content, director of UX writing, et cetera, that help to protect UX writing and keep it as a, as a growing practice because it could have so much influence on a company's tone that can, can change the brand and make it something else, something better, if it's invested in by the right governance. So what would be your tips for companies to kind of uh, improve on that, on these kind of terms? I think they should, when they look at UX writer, I need a UX writer. Do you need a UX writer or do you need a, a director of UX writing? Do you need a content strategist? Do you need a content designer? Really know what you're looking for. They're asking what are the differences between them. They don't even know because they're confused right now. I think there are lots of resources out here at this point 
for managers and leaders to take the the responsibility of learning. Platforms like yours and uxcontent.com. I mean, there's so many other platforms that really talk about UX writing only as a discipline. And I don't think there's an excuse anymore for people to say, I don't know what it is. Go and Google it. It's there. I mean, it's really that close to you. Also, hire UX writers you can learn from. Having at least one UX writer on the team can help inform you on what is needed, what projects the UX writers should be doing and not doing, and also what is like the difference between content strategy and content design. So I get the frustration, but we have to take some responsibility in forming ourselves and learning because platforms like yours are really, really available to help us do that. First of all, thank you so much. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. Is there anything specific that uh, caught your attention with the content that we've created on our platform in the past? You know, I think, first of all, the blog posts that you create are very informative. And I, I think I get a biweekly email. I'm not sure. I get it on a regular basis. I just signed up for it. What I like is the unique perspective of how UX writing fits into the other disciplines we mentioned and also in the world. And I like the way you talk about it instead of it just being about writing. It's really about human-centered language and content and really connecting people to product and really taking it to another level. So that's what stands out to me. Thank you. just want to, to gather your feedback and I'm very happy uh, that you know, that's our messaging and communication kind of work and caught your attention. That's awesome. Yeah, it really does because it's very niche and I love niche. Why do you think it's important to have, you know, people from many different diverse backgrounds in the role of the UX writer? Okay, yeah, that's important. And when I say niche, I like niche because niche has a voice. If you speak to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. So the whole diversity thing of having a diverse UX writing staff is important, or at least a UX writer who's informed globally, who's traveled, who is a person of other worlds, you know, other cultures is informed. Because our writing now is not just staying in Florida or in New York or in the US. UX writing is all over the world. So when I work for one of my previous employers, whether it's TD Ameritrade, Capital Group, Google, these are all international companies, Boomi all international companies that have people in other countries reading the product. So it's important that the writer themselves has that sensibility and not an ethnocentric point of view that's only looking through the lens of American English, how we say things, um, looking through the lens of American symbols and icons, because those don't always translate well in other cultures and other countries. So and you think, oh, it's easy. Everybody, everybody's diverse these days, but that's not the case. You really need people who are comfortable making changes for a Middle Eastern audience or for an Asian audience and knows how to do that with care. Do you have like tips for how companies these days can do it in a better way? One of my tips is to hire UX writers who have traveled, who have, um, have, who have a diverse background. This is a really good tip. Yeah, yeah. Who have experiences working for different companies. I think this is one of those roles where 
having a, a different companies on your resume is a good thing because you have the experience of working with different audiences. You have the experience of working with different voices and looking for UX writers who have that kind of background is so important when you want to have a diverse UX writer on your team. You know, I'm, I'm big like on traveling. I really like traveling. It's one of my passions and, you know, COVID and stuff. So I didn't have the opportunity to travel, but I never thought about it like that, that people with traveling experience probably would be better at UX writing because they have more exposure to different cultural backgrounds. Yes, you need that. That's amazing. It is amazing. You know why? It develops empathy. Right. When you travel, when I travel, our perspective when we get to the country, our perspective when we leave the country is completely different. And we get to really inform and build our empathy where we can say, hmm, is this right? Does this sound right? And I'm not even talking about anything else, but just being clear and being sensitive to how other people see the word and see, see language. What is maybe, say, one traveling experience that you had that were kind of change your perspective around the country or something like that? Yes. Um, there are quite a few of them, but I will talk to you about the most recent one. Um, I, most, I used to live in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates, and I've been there a few times. And I learned so much about their advertising. I think when I first got started working in the country, I had to open up a bank account. And the bank ads are very flamboyant and very ambitious. And I said, that would never fly in America. Our bank ads are more subdued and quiet about opening an account, you know, secure your you know, money in our account. <laughs> but there it's like, boom, you know, live for ambition, ambition and life. And it, the language was so much more inspirational and, and direct and honest that advertising here in the U.S. wouldn't be able to do successfully. And I learned that certain images that uh, we use here will not fly in certain countries in that region. So I learned that if I'm writing, let's say, for an audience like that, I really have to watch how I say things. And I also have to write more directly. And there's a tone there that I will also need to take into consideration. So living there and learning that, I wouldn't have gotten that from Google. Just Googling, uh, how do you write for MENA audiences or Middle Eastern, North African audiences? Would never get that from Google. I have to live there. I have to eat the food. I have to look at the ads. I have to read the magazines. I have to use their website. They have, every country has their own site that none of us knows about. You know, like their own Google, their own Amazon and all of that. So yeah, so that's a recent example that's really informed my writing. This is mind-blowing stuff. You know, I really love this example. Is opening my mind for like all of the times I traveled and how it's kind of helped me even not to be a better writer, but to be a better person even just to understand like perspectives of people and cultures of people and why people do what I do. Yes. Because when you're like in their country, you're the closest you could be to being in their shoes. And, and that's really... I never made that connection. And I think it was a very interesting 
concept that I would love to explore more. And now I have also a very good, I really want to travel now. So that's another thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It is kind of frustrating, you know, being, Yeah. I like to travel. I'm like you do. And one other thing I could say about it is that something you just said about being there. When I got there, I learned, I come with the American formality of a business meeting and we get down to it. Like, okay, so what are you here for? I'm here for this. Okay, can you do this? Can I do that? Living in that region, I learned that we don't get to business in a business meeting until like 40 minutes into it. We're talking about family. We're talking about where you're from. And asking a person in that area, in the Middle East or in UAE, where are you from? It's very common. There's no offense. There's nothing because we all, they kind of relate more to our country you're from and what that means. Here, you ask somebody where you're from, it's like, oh, wait, that's like too much. But I learned that there's honesty. Really? I, I didn't knew that. Yeah. I think they also do that in some Asian countries where if you go into a business meeting, you, sh- you can't just get right into a business meeting. You have to talk about your family and, you know, who you are, where you're from and, and stuff like that. There is also rules about like how to hold like the business card of your peer, of your colleague when oh. they give it to you. There's, there's like different, like <laughs> some cultures are really different than my culture or the U.S. culture yes. in Asia, you know? Yes. And that really informs me. I think for me, I bought back all of that thinking, okay, I want to be more honest in my writing. I want to be more direct with people and I want to be less robotic. I feel like sometimes the writing or some of our messaging to users is very robotic. And lately I've been seeing it becoming more human, more, more friendlier. So just living in other countries, I've definitely developed my empathy and helped me bring more warmth to my work. Awesome. How do you think, Marianne, that we should name this episode? think it should be like something about what you never knew about UX writing or how to be a better UX writer when you uh, are, hmm, this is hard. You didn't tell me you're going to ask me this. I would have had, <laughs> had some suggestions. I know it's difficult. I don't think it should focus just on traveling. I think that just like you know, we talked about many different things. That's one of the different things we've talked about. I think it should be something about that hits on the importance of growing this practice in a unique kind of way with a, a diverse team of UX writers. And also something that talks to the, um, I don't know, I feel like it should touch something. I feel like we've talked about things before. I haven't heard on your other podcasts. I feel like mm-hmm. we've talked about things before that may be new to people. So something about, you know, certain secrets or top ways, how to look at UX writing like you've never seen it before kind of thing. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we could definitely pull something out of it. <laughs> and if I think of anything else, I'll email you. I think it's awesome. Yes, it's been a pleasure for me to join you and um, I'm happy to come back and hopefully we will connect again. Just keep up the great work you're doing on this platform. It's so important. Thank you. And let's say that people would like to reach out to you. Where would be the best place to do it? Sure. 
go to my LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Just put my name in LinkedIn and it'll pop up under content design. You'll see a content design wording on my profile. Contact me via LinkedIn. Amazing. Thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Writers in Tech. It's a pleasure to have all of you here. We've been doing it for more than 70 episodes now. We started in 2019 and uh, we try to be consistent at least every two weeks. So if you've been following this podcast, please, and you like it, so please share it with your friends. Let them know that there is a podcast for uh, writers in tech, UX writers, content designer, content strategist uh, that could really give value to your colleagues and to you. And if you have a suggestion for uh, anyone that would like to be a guest on the show, also feel free to pitch it to us because we're open to talk with everyone basically in this community. That's about it. Thank you. And I'll see you on the next episode of Writers in Tech.